Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on, and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free, or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Are you ready? It's your time. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, markers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave, as the announcer guy just told you. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a like, a review, some such thing. Well, the pandemic still continues to do its thing. Hope everyone's having fun. I have two guys here that are business leaders, and this is cool. This is like a Boston Podcast redux review where are they now i want you to welcome from the business innovation company known as that's what i call it as stavi it's costa ligris and josh feinblum they're here they're actually here in the studio someone's doing something in person they actually came to my studio here in westwood mass how are you guys doing doing, doing well. great yeah. yeah yeah we are socially distanced right I got at least well, well over six feet. I got six feet, at least six feet between me and you, Josh. Costa, you may like eight or nine feet. Man. At least. Super and I hear safe. the new six feet is three feet now. So. <laughs> three is the new six That's or nine new, is the new six? Three is or, the new six. Oh, no. Three is the new six. <laughs> well, when you guys were here, you told us about your business venture, which was kind of just getting rolling stabby, which was meant to revolutionize the way that people do real estate closings. By way of software, by way of all kinds of high-tech stuff, you're still standing. The thing still exists, and even better yet, sounds like you've hired a lot of people. Who wants to start? Jo- uh, Josh wants to start. Oh, Josh I, wants uh, to start. Yeah, I'll, he I'll gets start. really excited. Yes. What uh, has happened in the last year with you guys? Well, I think we I think we figured out exactly what we were going to build. It ended up not being an air conditioner for trucks. Um, and cool it, cool it, cool it. <laughs> um, wait, was that the backup idea or something? Yeah, we were here. It was like a hundred degrees that day, and I was oh. complaining how I couldn't get the AC to like regulate in the car. And oh, okay. Josh said we've innovated with the creation of the thermostat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. You uh, know, the thermostat. I remember reading about how the thermostat was invented. It was invented with the accompanying slogan laziness is the mother of invention whoever the dude was he just got tired of wake because in the morning he would wake up go downstairs turn up the heat right and then at night turn it down but freaking freezing in bed doesn't want to get out of bed to change it so he came up with this this contraption that would do it automatically so laziness little, is the mother of invention little did he know that he would contribute to this uh the saving of humanity that's right yeah it's like yeah. electricity right i think people just got sick of replacing the candles right right <laughs> Or the end of humanity, given so, the given the bloodshed that's been spilled over over thermostat fights. But anyway, <laughs> you were saying, Josh? Uh, no, I mean things things have gone really well. I mean, last time we were here, Costa and I were sitting uh, in an office together uh, in Kendall Square, um, 
you know, with, with an idea and trying to figure out how we were going to tackle it together. And, you know, a little over a year later, we've got uh, 15 amazing people um, that are helping us build, I think, a much more defined uh, uh, set of software to solve problems for both banks and, and, uh, and you know, the people that, um, uh, the people that are uh, borrowing money from banks. Mm-hmm. And Costa, has has the journey been any different than you envisioned, or is is the has things is thing come out pretty much the way you had hoped? Uh, no, like everything else in the world of entrepreneurship, it's uh, you know the it's it's a journey, not a destination. Yeah, this, uh, this is when one of us is supposed to bring up that Mike Tyson quote that everyone has a plan until you get, get punched, punched in, in the, the mouth, face. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah I, I think that it's interesting. You know, some of the things that you think are going to be. Uh, I'm not going to say easy, but maybe like, you know, the easier lifts uh, end up becoming uh, Herculean tasks. And then the stuff that you think is going to be difficult starts to fall into the fall into place. And so every day is a challenge, um, uh, you know, uh, kind of like practicing law used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> well, tell me about it. But the but the the core mission of Stavi remain is it's it's come to fruition. It's being used. Tell me like what what's actually happening. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's interesting when we were here last summer, um, you know, there was this sort of concept that e-closings and the virtual, you know, closing process was something that um, was was surely coming. I think that, you know, the general hypothesis for us is the same, which is we know that the way that people are going to buy homes and the way that people are going to interact with their lenders and their banks and the stakeholders in the process is going to look very different in the next five to 10 years. I think that COVID has been probably one of the greatest accelerants ever in terms of the vulnerability that exists in the industry. Um, you know, when we looked at the landscape, the, the, you know, the incumbents and the companies that were building software around this space, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're just sort of the scratch, scratch the surface. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at the entire process and, you know, we believe, uh, we've got a hypothesis that, you know, our customers and our clients, our banks need, uh, just more robust tools associated with that process. And so we've probably depth, you know, we've gotten a little deeper in terms of like where we start in the transaction and what we provide and what we deliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Josh? Yeah, no, I mean, I think Costa and I all the time just kind of sit back. And one of the reasons I'm really, I think we were both excited about coming on the show is because I'd say over the past two, three months, we've at least a dozen times been like, oh, my God, like, think about where we were a year ago. Yeah, you're on this and, lousy little podcast just trying to get things off the ground. Yeah, yeah. No, and now I, here we are. Yeah, no, back, 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 back on the lousy little podcast. Lousy little podcast. Uh, but uh, honestly, I, I think one me. of one of our favorite our favorite experiences, uh, uh, you know, in terms of press interactions, has probably been on the podcast. Oh, so maybe not, best. maybe not so lousy. Um, <laughs> am I allowed to say that? Is or am I going to get in trouble for no, saying you... our favorite press? Like, no. Okay, no. Okay. Good. I don't want to get. In trouble. He loves all of uh, you people. Yes, everybody's great. All of you bright-eyed reporters. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that we've really, um, we we really had to conquer a lot of different challenges and curveballs that have come our way. I mean, we were we were planning to go live with our first product and our first customer uh, really late February, early March. And then, you know, everybody got shut down. Banks that never had to allow people to work from home before had to move their entire operations remote overnight. So the thought of them implementing new technology uh, really took a back seat yep. uh, in a lot of ways. So, you know, we were lucky in that there was another opportunity that was presented to us where we were able to, you know, put on the back burner for, you know, a month or two, the product we were about to launch and move into a, a more, uh, let's call it niche product that solved some very uh, 
specific uh, problems that were facing New England, uh, uh, New England and Northeastern states okay. in terms of how do we allow um, remote notarization, somebody to notarize a document without being in person mm -hmm. uh, with the notary, uh, but not also allowing an electronic signature. Mm -hmm. So it was called remote ink notarization. And so we were able to, in two or three weeks. Wait, did you invent this? No, no, <laughs> we, we no. didn't invent oh, okay. the term. Okay. Uh, definitely <laughs> not. Uh, there's like 10 different terms for it. What is yeah, it? Yeah, they Avon, also call it Avon, Avon. audiovisual so, online notarization. So, but there was an immediate need because none of the existing service providers could kind of solve, you know, solve for this niche problem. So I think it took us two or three weeks and we had a product live that allowed people to do the remote ink notarizations in the Northeast in New York. And so, you know, you know, it's basically been, uh, you know, playing a, a game of Tetris in terms of a you know, we, we ended up building something that we weren't expecting to build for, you know, six, seven, eight, nine months. Uh, and so we built that, got it live, and then now we're back at the beginning with the product that we were planning on uh, selling or going live with in March. So, you know, it, it is, I mean, entrepreneurship in general is just a series of curveballs that you've got to kind of be comfortable dealing with. And then, you know, a global pandemic uh, certainly, certainly was kind of a rapid fire set of curveballs. Some uh, some gave a some you know some of the outcomes were incredibly positive for us, um, uh, but certainly a lot of challenges in terms of the right way to to solve the right problems at the right time. How did the pandemic affect what you guys were working on, Costa? Well, so the first thing that happened was we went from you know when we were here last uh, I don't know like a handful of states that had permanent legislation that allowed for remote notarization to occur, mm -hmm. and so now fast forward we only have I think like maybe two states in the country that don't have either permanent or temporary laws in place that allow for transactions to occur remotely. Um, now, don't kid yourself, like in New England, especially the attorney states, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New, New York, um, Vermont, Maine, uh, it's still an onerous process, but there is now a mechanism in place under temporary orders that allow that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you think now the market opportunity increases significantly. The challenge in our industry is you've got to satisfy a lot of stakeholders, right? You've got to have a law in place uh, the lenders need to be comfortable with it. The borrowers need to be comfortable with it. The closing attorneys and the title companies and the settlement agents all have to be comfortable with it. And so um, the one thing that certainly I think has changed is the world is, is certainly uh, has seen uh, what something like a COVID can do, right? And the reality is, you know, not to, not to be super, you know, super alarmist, but we're kind of lucky that this, you know, the, the, the true fatality rate here is like four or five percent or maybe hopefully less. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine if this thing was, you know, even more dangerous, um, you know, what the impact that would have uh, on uh, our day to day lives and, uh, and interactions. And so this has highlighted that the industry really needs to open the aperture and be, be open to innovation uh, and, and look at ways that we can uh, that we can do this differently. Do you think there are things that the way you guys did business during the pandemic that will endure and maybe even permanently into the future that's a great question yeah i mean like just the fact that we've you know what grown our organization from two people to 15 people during covid and hiring remotely and you know there's this josh has been part of technology companies that have had a distributed workforce you know sort of as their culture um you know from the beginning and we from the beginning i think had uh at our core really wanted to have our team built here in boston and have an office and have you know, a culture that starts get you know getting shaped and created. This sort of questions that, right? You know, mm -hmm. uh, we are building and we're moving quickly, and we've been able to to do some incredible things and hire some incredible people remotely. 
it sort of sort of begs the question: Is that something we should revisit? Yeah, I mean, we th- we think about that a lot. Well, um, go ahead, Josh. Tell me. No, I it, I mean it's um, everybody that we've hired is in the Boston area, and uh, you know, obvi- you obviously open up uh, the talent pool tremendously if you can hire anywhere in the country or anywhere right. in the world. Um, you know, I do. I I think you know we we struggle with this a lot because there is, you know, there's a lot of opinions about remote work and how effective it can be, um, you know, how, more, how, how productivity can uh, increase. But I do think in some cases you can pay like this innovation tax, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, you know. But well, what does well, that mean? Innovation? Yeah, so, I mean, at, at, at the end of the day, innovation is when you can basically take something that didn't exist and create value make it exist and create value. So somebody's going to pay you potentially to use this thing. Right. And so there's a lot of creativity that goes into that process. It's not just, you know, waking up, get, you know, getting instruction on what you want to build, uh, getting instruction on what you want to build. just giving oh, yeah. hand signals to Josh. Yeah, well, what, getting, well, when he turns his head, you yeah. can't hear him because the mic's not in front of him yeah. anymore. Good on you, Costa. Okay, thank you. you. Costa. Good, you, got Costa. A future, you got a future in podcast. Yeah, Costa. Uh, well, my brother says I have a face for radio. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very true. Um, <laughs> I could still hear. I mean, the, so, we, we got what you said. Okay. Okay. I, I will now speak into the microphone yeah. correctly. I, I am sorry, David. <laughs> I have failed you. All of the listeners, I apologize for my I'm not the one who brought it up. Professional your partner there, but go uh, ahead. So, you know, you know at, the, at the end of the day, you do lose a lot when people can't uh, interface with each other, pull each other into, uh, into a whiteboard session. Uh, it's a lot easier to get, you know, stuck in the day-to-day tasking that exists when you're working from home. And so a lot of the creativity, a lot of the, you know, the, the cool ideas or approaches or things that can, um, that can come together when, you know, two people are, are standing, uh, standing, you know, in the kitchen, uh, waiting for their coffee to come out of the machine. Um, you know, those interactions multiply and you lose out on that. And I think that it will be interesting to see how the larger tech companies that have resisted remote work, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, look two or three years from now, because, there's a reason the Facebooks and the Amazons and the Googles and you can go, you can go down to the list of like, you know, companies that are very good at measuring mm-hmm. performance, um, uh, haven't really supported fully remote or distributed workforces. Mm-hmm. And you saw it with Marissa Mayer at, at Yahoo when they were really struggling, you know, she recalled all of the all of the workers and there was a big, you know, a big up, uprising internally about it. So this is in so many ways, we're living through a, a multitude of real life social psycho- psychological and medical experiments. Yeah, right? I feel like we're in the middle of a yeah. sociological experiment. So whoever's we'll, conducting it is an asshole, but they, they are. But we're going to learn a lot. <laughs> we're going to learn the, a lot. The other side to this is sales. You yep. know, it, you it has completely changed the way that at least I personally have built relationships and, and sold quote unquote before. You're not meeting with people in person. You're having Zoom calls, and right. then you're following up on email. And it's you know, there's something to be said about being able to actually go and and meet people in person. Yeah. So you look forward to that. There's no replacement for that, is what you're saying. I do. And so when the you know the issue came up of like doing this you know podcast remote. Um, yeah, you guys broke down my doors. I was like, fuck I that. said, here's fuck the fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> fuck COVID. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for whatever it's worth, it, it's it's now is, is it's the whole year has been weird, but this is maybe even especially weird because now we've been playing by these rules for so long, but the rules about offices are still pretty gray, right? Like, I mean, there I know people who work in offices that have 
a dozen to 20 people and they're completely closed. Others are open. Others are half open. Um, you know, I there mean, are there are sublease opportunities in major urban markets that didn't exist before. I wrote an article at the beginning of this pandemic about the future of retail. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the reality. And then, of course, you know, we, we hear that uh, Amazon's talking to uh, I think it was Simon, I, one of the property, uh, one of the large uh, in, uh, institutional real estate holders. And I had predicted this, like these major anchor tenants sitting at these malls and strip malls, they're going to become fulfillment centers for e-retail and e-commerce. Um, I mean, that's just the reality is how do you keep your product closer so that you can deliver now instead of, you know, one day or two days, be able to, to move things faster. I think that, you know, lab space and tech space is still going to be valuable and important, but there is a, you know, the real estate and the office space and that paradigm as we've known it in the past, uh, I think is under siege. Well, people are just getting used to, um, <laughs> people are- Sorry, did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah what was uh, it? it's a little buzzer. Yeah, uh, but I thought I had it on mute. Now, um, now that I've already screwed it up, I'll just, <laughs> you heard that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so people are just getting used to, uh, Sorry, Josh. Thanks, oh thanks for playing. Okay. Thank, well, uh, we were looking for people are are seeing new opportunities in remote but, work. Uh, sorry, I'm well, sorry. Continue now. But you know, we're 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 at a time where you know, regardless of when a vaccine comes out, even with the most optimistic proje- projections, you're really going to be living in an altered reality at least until next summer, right? Yep. And you know. By then, this is just people are going to enjoy the hour, hour and a half, two hours of their lives that they've gotten back. Mm-hmm. Right. So the notion that, you know, all of the companies are just going to, you know, open doors and have everybody come back into the office after a year, maybe more of living an entirely different lifestyle. I don't I don't I mean, you're I, shaking your head, Costa. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, yeah. no, no. I agree with him. I just yeah. don't like it. I mean, oh, the, yeah. the reality <laughs> yeah. is it sucks because it's like you'll schedule a zoom from two to three and another one from three to four, another one from four to five. There's no more travel time where you could return calls and like mm-hmm. get some fresh air and maybe get a coffee and like, you know, stretch yourself. It's just, we are zoom fatigue is real. Yeah. Um, I see it both ways. Don't you think there are going to be some things you're going to miss? Is there going to be anything you miss if, if life goes back to normal with, you know, whenever um, that day is? I mean, Russia's got a vaccine. They've got to figure it out, man. Yeah. All right. No, no, there's nothing. There's nothing you'll miss. No. I mean, I've I've certainly like been able to uh, see my kids a lot more. So okay. obviously, um, obviously, there's nothing like, I'll I miss, mean, including I, my but, kids. Well, well, look, I think any parents that are listening to this are also going to understand the flip side of that statement, which is yeah. trying, you know, trying to work full time while educating your children, um, you know, because they can't be in school. Uh, I mean, there's so much complexity that goes into that, and. Um, you know, I, I think that it's on us, uh, us as a society, make sure we're prioritizing that time with our children. And I don't think we need a pandemic, you know, a pandemic, right. uh, to make that Shouldn't happen. Shouldn't need one. Right? right. The nice, the one nice thing will be the people that you don't want to hang out with, right? <laughs> like, like now you just can't, like, I'm sorry, social distancing. Like we <laughs> well, right. Together. Well, that's part of it. But also I, I like when you're, when you're trying to pin somebody down, they have few excuses. Like if you just want to get them on a call, yeah. you know, you know, you, I, I don't believe people who say, well, I'm booked until November. It's like, no, you're not. No, you're no, nobody is. You Nobody's know? booked till November right no, now. No, because the, because every zoom call, God forbid a zoom call lasts more than an hour. Then you just want to, you know, jump out the window. So therefore, unless you've got zoom calls all day long yeah. from, you know, eight to seven, and most people don't, 
then you can usually, you know, it, I like the ability to be able to pin people down or to like, you know, we do live events here, so live virtual events at pod 617. And when I tell people, hey, please join me on, the, on this call, you know, it's like, nah, I, I, I'm busy that day. No, you're not. Shut up. Get on the call. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then, then things like traffic and things like just ease of scheduling. It's, it's, it's made but, me more available for a lot yeah. of things, yeah. right? Because if you have something that ends at a particular time and then you have to drive to another meeting, now you can just jump on it. Um, you know, that's, it, it certainly has created the opportunity to give you that flexibility. But I take it your product is ever more shifting gears here a little bit, people, but is ever more valuable and intriguing because of, uh, you alluded to it, Costa, the, the opportunities. You know, that there are going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of movement already happening in real estate, right? Simply because of people that have figured out different ways of doing things. Is that right? It or also, I, but it also, yeah, yeah it, there's a lot of opportunity. It makes the transaction more secure. It makes it more transparent. It gives incumbents the ability. So like, you know, my old law firm covers mostly, you know, greater Boston in the 617, um, 781 area codes. But, you know, it empowers them to be able to do business in 413 in Western Mass and in other parts of, of New England where before there would be a little prohibitive having to either open an office or hire people there or travel. Right. It, 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 right. You're saving a lot of time, um, you know, from that, you know, moving around. And so it creates efficiencies that otherwise would not have have existed. And, and by the way, you know, we, we feel like the technology does a better job. Do you think we should be pod six, one, seven, four, one, three, five, oh, eight, seven, eight, one. I really could only afford the one logo. Josh, were you going to add some to that? Uh, to your logo? <laughs> no, <or>? not that. <laughs> not my stupid joke, of course. <laughs> no, uh, no, I mean, I. We, I think we talked about this earlier. We know that these transactions 10 years from now are going to look different. There's no reason that somebody buying a home needs to drive into their attorney's office and sit there for an hour signing their name 200 times, right? It doesn't need to happen that way. Um, you know, I think the biggest question is how quickly is it going to change? Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing that this, that this pandemic did was accelerate that change, mm -hmm. right? Because um, not only not only in terms of you know resilience to future issues, but um, you can you can tell that there is uh, uh, an increased interest and expectation now around better experiences in these situations, right? In situations not just pandemic related where somebody has to be remote. So all through society, especially over the next year, you're going to see continued improvement in remote experiences, right? And if uh, banks and credit unions and lenders uh, want to compete they're gonna to need to innovate as well. Otherwise their consumers are gonna be used to one experience or the borrowers are gonna be used to one experience in you know, every other industry and then they're gonna come into, into this one and, and it's gonna be a lot, a lot less pleasant. Yeah, we, you know, we live now in what I call the always on economy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can go online and you can shop at three o'clock in the morning and you know, there's so much that we can do online. And, um, and so this is uh, another step at you know, creating transparency and giving access to people to be able to, you know, frankly, review their documents and understand their transaction. I think not to get, you know, uh, not to get um, too philosophical, too philosophical, but this country in general, right? Our financial literacy, especially coming out of school is fairly poor. Yeah. And so to be able to help people understand the transactions that they're entering into um, and, you know, really plan, especially for what mo for most Americans is the largest financial decision or transaction that they're going to do, you know, to be able to move that into a platform where they can review it and understand it and ask questions and not just be thrown a bunch of documents, you know, 20 minutes before the movers arrive, mm -hmm. um, creates a tremendous amount, 
I believe, uh, creates a tremendous amount of value. He's, he's the attorney. You're buying a home now, mm-hmm. and you go in, you sit in that closing, and you start asking questions. The attorney you're sitting next to gets annoyed at you because there's nothing that's going to change in those documents anyway. Yeah, that's true. And so, you know, there, there, I, I always just view this. If, 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 you, if you've bought a home before, you know that there, you, know, you go do your walkthrough, right? You do, you do your closing, then you get your cape. Mm. There's no reason that you shouldn't be able to go do your walkthrough, through, meet, meet the broker there, meet someone there uh, with the key. Maybe the key can be under the mat. I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know how this will all evolve. <laughs> We're going to deliver the key in a yeah. drone, actually. Yes, drone oh, delivery. I, like it, yeah. I, I mean, quite possible. Um, and Along pop- with a bag of Taco Bell. Yeah. I mean, because yeah, I mean, they're doing it anyway. So. <laughs> Who doesn't love Taco Bell? <laughs> right. Um, uh, and, <laughs> and, the, and you're going to jump on, you know, an iPad or your phone, and you're going to you know, spend 10 minutes signing, signing what needs to be signed, notarizing what needs to be notarizing, and the home's going to be yours. And, you know, Costa's always pointed out that for a lot of people, you know, they only do this a few times in their life, and there is a ceremonial component to it. Yeah. Uh, but I suspect that, you know, as the generations continue to evolve and, and younger people get older, I think that's how that works, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, you know, he went down my team. C- c- <laughs> c- ceremonies, what that ceremony is, can change for 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 those emerging generations, and so we're going to see a lot of change. I mean, it's 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 it, we'll be lucky to be a part of it because it's going to be an exciting uh, exciting transformation to one of one of our nation's largest industries. I also think that we're going to look back at what we think is innovation now, ten years from now. We're going to sort of oh. laugh at what we're building today. What? How do you mean? Give me an example. Well, you know. I've I've said this before, but I think just the concept of like people are like okay, well we're going from like re, you know notary in person to remote online notarization, and the notary shows up, and mm. you know they you, they look at your ID and they ask you these knowledge based questions. Mm. I have all sorts of criticism around this, right? Financial crimes often happen with people that know you, so they can answer those knowledge based questions like what street have you lived on, so on and so forth. And so I think um, you know the future is uh, probably much more robust technology that can accomplish that because the reality is. When you really sort of boil down to it, what is a notary's function? Mm-hmm. To identify that you are who you say you are. That, you know, you know, Gaz yep. is the one signing today. He's appearing in front of me, yep. and that you're of stable mind and you know not under the influence, and you're Correct. signing it voluntarily. And, and by the way, machines will be better at doing both of those things than humans. Are you, he likes to steal the punchline from me. So you, <laughs> boom. So you're saying we're gonna have chips in our arms with, for identification? So yours, we're gonna put in your shoulder, actually. Ow. <laughs> no, as I've know from movies and TV, anytime you get a chip in, implanted in you, it it involves in some violent scene where you're taking a razor blade in front of a mirror and cutting it out. No, so it's all good. I You'll be able Black to go. Mirror. Alexa, it's the weather today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, true. But what you're saying there'll be well, what will? Uh, but did I miss it? What is what? Is, what will be that quick way of identifying who you are without? Well, I think that's. You? I think that's the innovation. That's the innovation. That's right? it. Like. Like there's, it it'll be building blocks over the next ten years. Where when so you so it get could be face recognition. It could be sure. even like a thumbprint I mean, detector or something. I mean, it, we have that on our computers it, already, right? So I, I think you know one. We of have the, that on our cell phones. One of the challenges. Do, right? yeah. One of the challenges with answering that is because it has to be done in a privacy centric way, right. right? So I can come with a lot of different ways that we could very very confidently you know identify someone as who they say they are, but they'd be a little creepy, yeah. right? So yeah. how do we find a way to uh, say yes, like we're ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure that this is Josh Feinblum. This is his birthday, his social security number, um, and you know we're also uh, we're also pretty confident based on watching this video interaction that he's not under any undue duress, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that that's that's 
I mean, who knows how we're going to get there over the next five to 10 years. I think we know, we know that, um, you know, the current technology, uh, is not where, where it, it can be or should be, right? right? It's probably better than, you know, you know, doing a manual in-person transaction, what we've built probably safer, but, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot faster, a lot less intrusive and, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it evolve, evolves. That's, I don't think we know what it'll look like. So, and it's Stavi is the name of the company. S-T-A-V-V-Y. Stavi.com is where you go to find out more about Costa and Josh and what they're, what they're doing, these innovations. And uh, anything else people should know? How to reach out to you guys? That's the best way. Website. Yeah. Wow, you guys always marketing yourselves, huh? <laughs> no, that's okay. We've said it. We've said it. Um, do you guys have... Give me an S. <laughs> Where are you go? Oh, Steph. <laughs> yeah, where's my Stabby t-shirt and mug? Come on, guys. No, I... I oh, yeah, we do owe you some Stabby swag. We have some of that now. We oh, really? Before. It exists? Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, I'll trade you. We're, we're due for some more Pod 617 t-shirts here. We'll, we'll trade. But um, so, again, Stabby.com. Check it out. Costa and Josh. I kid with them, but they're awesome people to get to know, get to know what they're doing. And, and I take it you still want... You still want... I mean, uh, from the professional world... You still want to meet people who want to know about this idea? Like, what's what other reasons should people connect with you? I guess is my question. Oh, yeah, I, th- I think that you know one of the things we talk about all the time. I've probably said that ten times, but you know, there's like underlying trends that we see uh, all over the place. And in our space, one of them is fragmentation, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot of people that are solving different problems, and it's created a very confusing set of experiences in some cases for. Uh, various stakeholders in in these types of transactions and so i think we always are, are interested in getting to know uh entrepreneurs that are working in the space okay right? especially if it means that you know if they're even remotely parallel there might be things that we can do um to make make the experience less um less disjointed as people are going right. through it very good you guys have uh five or ten more minutes to stick around play a game Oh yeah, we were we were talking about this good. on the way over. Well, we're I've excited. locked I've locked the doors already, so you must stay. Um, before <laughs> we, we were not good at this last year. No, we're, no, we were, we're terrible. What did we do? We Trivia did ra- or something? We did rapid thing? fire. Oh well, we're doing something different today, so we're going to play a round of Wicked Smart, which is our trivia game here at the Boston Podcast. Uh, These guys are completely oh. unprepared, which is the way I like it. Before we do that, I'll just briefly tell you what we do here at Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Out of our Westwood studios, we produce podcasts for you. Start to finish, hire us to produce your show. It's a great way of reaching your audience, reaching your clientele, prospects, etc., etc. We're doing some stuff live here in the studio in Westwood, but we've been doing podcasts remotely since the dawn of time. Well, for many years now, anyway. So we'll set you up with a quality USB microphone. You can do it right from your home, patch in your guests from home. And then we take care of all the rest, editing, intro music, outro music, and posting and hosting and making sure everybody gets your show, pod617.com. You can be the next big podcast star in pod We trust we also do a live event called zoomapalooza which is you go to pod617.com slash zoom it's a live game show you're going to get a preview of it right now when we play wicked smart with coast and josh here we go my boy's wicked smart Yes, Costa, off microphone, you did correctly identify the voice of Ben Affleck from Goodwill Hunting saying, my boy's wicked smart. But also in there was uh, Fredo from Godfather, which you should, I was going to say you should know. I don't but know you're, if you're, that was Ben Affleck. I'm going to challenge you on that. Wasn't that... Um, oh, Casey was a yeah. Casey? Yeah. All right, whatever. 
Hey, who's the coolest? <laughs> your boy's wicked smart. He, he he comes into your house. <laughs> so so, all right. Uh, let's start with a sample of the game. As I mentioned, we do a live game show every Monday night. Zuma Palooza, and you can hire us for your corporate event. It's wicked fun. It lasts about uh, an hour. And what you guys are going to get is a sampling of these types of questions. You're looking on the screen that I put up there. It's a question about the TV show The View. I'm not going to make you answer that one. Can I, uh, can I phone a friend? No. Who the fuck is Debbie Metanopoulos? Watch your Whoopa. mouth. One of the original cast members of uh, The View. Costa, we'll pose this one to you first. Two separate actors have won Oscars, Academy Awards, for playing this character. Now, there are two. So, in other words, two separate actors played a character. It happened twice, both playing the same character. One a while ago, one just recently. You've got four choices. Vito Corleone, Martin Luther King Jr., Hamlet, or the Joker. And I have to go back because I don't want to. I'll take D, the Joker. And there are two. So, do you want to guess the second one as well? Uh, no, whatever. Hamlet. No. But you got the first one right. So, yes, the Joker that just recently transpired because, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix got the Oscar yep. for the Joker. Heath Ledger posthumously was awarded an Oscar. The other answer, Josh, do you want to venture a guess what the other character is? No, no. Okay. I, it's 50-50. Well, that's true. Vito Corleone was the answer. Of course, in The Godfather Part 1, Marlon Brando won an Oscar. And then in The Godfather Part 2, De Niro oh. checked in and played young Vito Corleone. Eh, love that question. Josh, this one is for you. Cam Newton rushed for 75 yards yesterday. Who's the only Pats, as we record this, who's the only Pats quarterback, Patriots quarterback, who has rushed for more than one game? Is it Doug Flutie, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, or oh, Steve Grogan? Good question. Um, well, I... This is this is an awkward question for me because uh, you're not a Patriots fan. Can we can we get some Baltimore fan. sports uh, trivia here? No. I don't know. Like, let's do a fifty fifty. Was, Doug, was, was, Doug, was no. Doug Flutie a mobile quarterback? Yes, that's yeah, what, absolutely gonna, what he was known Doug, for. Yeah. <laughs> so you going with Doug Flutie? No, yes, right. I'm gonna go Steve, Steve Grogan. Grogan. Yeah, <laughs> the the answer already revealed itself. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, Steve I, Grogan. Flute. I knew it wasn't Tom Brady. Okay, well, I, did, I, did, I knew it wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady. So, uh, yeah, Grogan had rushed for 80 yards or more a couple times. Brady, of course, never did it. Uh, Garoppolo never did it. Flutie was but, only a starting QB for the Patriots for a brief while, including like, the strike. QB yeah. questions can be tough for, for non-fans, because if I asked you who the only uh, Baltimore uh, QB, aside from Joe Flacco, to win a Super Bowl was, who would it be? Dave, we can move on to the next question now. Um, Come on. That would be... Flacco and was it Flacco most recently? Yeah, most recently. And then the other dude was Pryor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right it, when they moved, right when they moved into town. Damn it! I need it. I mean. Oh wait. Uh, oh, it was um. Trent Trent Dilfer. <laughs> it was Trent. Trent Dilfer. Dilfer. Okay, yeah. Good. I mean. Okay. Thank Trent you. Dilfer, Trent Dilfer well only done, wins a well wins done, Super Dave. Bowl well by the way with Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. <laughs> of so. course. All right. Don't hijack the song in terms of Baltimore stuff. All right. Um, how many of these presidents, no, how many of these people are presidents who appear on paper currency? Thomas Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton, Andrew Jackson, Franklin Roosevelt. Costa, you want to go? Thomas Jefferson. That's correct. Uh, Andrew Jackson. That's correct. Quit while you're ahead. You got them both right. Alexander Hamilton, of course, was not a president. <laughs> Franklin Roosevelt was, but he's not on any paper money. He's not. He's on the dime. So, Costa, well done. 
what do these four bands have in common? Josh, I hope you like the music trip. Oh my God. Journey, Green Day, Huey Lewis in the News, and Jefferson Airplane. Is it that all the members of the band are, band are male? Is it that they're all from San Francisco? Is it they're all in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Or are they all performed at Live Aid? This is just a complete guess. I, Go. I don't even know who Huey Lewis in the News is. What? What? Get out of my what? studio! Oh Holy my God! Shit. What oh is God. happening? All right. I think we've got a generational. They're all from San Francisco. <laughs> I knew that one. But. The answer appeared on the screen. They are all <laughs> from San Francisco. And um, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting here stunned. Did you I, not, I don't I mean, know where to I'd begin. Reckon, I mean, I definitely know Journey, Green Day, Jefferson Airplane. But like, what is, what? what? Huey, Huey Lewis. Lewis in the news? Wow, it was got, Huey Lewis and the band was called, the group was called the news. Yeah, he would introduce them one by one. And he would say... Here's the drummer, and here's this guy. What was their last single? Well, they haven't done it in a long time, but the the, um, I Want a New Drug, The Heart of Rock and Roll, uh, is, uh, you know, if this is it, there are tons. And, of course, this song. It's not... You might remember Marty McFly jumping into the DeLorean and going back in time. I don't. I don't know that anybody born after 1981 is going to know this song. How dare you, sir? <laughs> Huey Lewis in the news. Anyway, blasphemy. You, you saw, we'll do a few more questions, uh, and uh, I forgive you, Josh. But sure. please, have, well, have you seen the movie Back to the Future? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, that that song and the song Back in Time, both by Huey, are featured. Where are the tech trivia the, questions? The, there are none. <laughs> Um, but you, how do you how do you like geography? Wait, whose turn is it? Costa, it's your turn. Oh. This is the second largest state by population. The second largest state is it California, Florida, Texas, or New York? I'm gonna say New York. Mm. Yeah, uh, so close, Florida. No, no, Texas, Texas. Yeah, California first, Texas second. Okay, I need to study my. That's yeah, okay. College. It's just geography. <laughs> this question is comes from my favorite category candy trivia josh try your hand at this the candy bar snickers was named after what was it just a synonym for laughs was it a horse was it creator james snickers or was it a misprint of the word snackers i feel like it has to be after a horse oh my god check out the brain on josh on that one well done yes um yeah there's no such person named james snickers and i just made the other shit up okay all right uh, let's see, Costa, do you want to try your hand at putting these hosts of The Tonight Show in the order in which they first appeared as hosts? You got Carson, Leno, Conan, and Jimmy Fallon. All right, so I'm going to go with Carson first. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Leno, and then I'm going to go with uh, Conan and Fallon, just You're the right. way they yeah, appear. Yeah, 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 I know. So yeah, something, okay. something misfired on my uh, board here, and it came up in the order. I would have <laughs> anyway. gotten it right anyway. Yeah. But. No, but well done. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Most people forget Conan. He was only a year. And Leno actually came back after Conan. Yeah. So there you go. Um, we'll do Ooh. one more each, and then we'll see how bored we are. Josh, oh. the highest grossing Broadway musical of all time. Is it Wicked, Cats, The Lion King, or Hamilton? Oh, Don't is- get this wrong. Oh, stop. Don't get this wrong. I think this one's actually hard. This, one, this one's hard. because We'll let you both answer. I'm, a, I'm inclined to say Hamilton, but I'm going to say The Lion King. Nope. Costa? Cats. Uh, Josh, you're the winner, Costa. Sorry. Oh, yeah. The Lion believe, King. Yeah, believe it or not, it's not even close. The yeah, Lion King. The Lion King, like, demolished it. Yeah, and, and I would have guessed, like, sight unseen, I would have guessed probably either Cats or Hamilton. Because Cats, I feel like, has run for so much 
longer. I would have guessed uh, Cats or Lion King, and since he picked King, uh, Lion King, I uh, will We'll give you one more question. Ooh. The top two selling beers in the United States. Doesn't, doesn't matter what the answer is. It's Bud Light. Bud Light, I will tell you, is correct. Coors it, Light. Wow, Costa. We're going to finish, finish on a high note. Well done. <laughs> so that's uh, just a sampling of the fun you could have on Zoomapalooza. Go to pod617.com backslash Zoom. Do we still say backslash? You just say slash, right? Pod617.com slash Zoom. We usually play Monday night. That's for free. Just come on and play just for kicks and giggles. You can win a t-shirt and some cool stuff. Or if you want to hire us for your next corporate event, we do a customized version of this. For example, I would have had tech questions if I customized it for these guys. But um, I uh, I didn't, or I forgot, or one of that. Anyway, let's not forget um, the guys are from Stabby. It's Stabby.com S-T-A-V-V Y.com. I want to say S-T-A double V Y. Should I say it that way? Is Ooh, that I cooler? Like that. Eh. Yeah. Eh. S-T-A-W-V-Y.com. Costa, Josh, I hope you had fun on the show. Did you? Always great having always, us. Always fun. Well, you never forget your first time <laughs> when you guys are here the first, but I hope this, the sequel lived up to expectations, and I hope you come back and keep me updated on everything you guys are doing. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. Thanks for coming. Thank thanks. you. And thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast, a production of the Boston Podcast Network with studios in Westwood. Go to pod617.com if you would like your own show. And on behalf of Costa and Josh, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Boston, I'm going back for itself.